0: words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. In today's parashah, our ancestor Yaakov has an unexpected encounter with God. This reminds me of a conversation I had about 12 years ago in the locker room of gold's gym in pasadena california with me was a lawyer who like me was getting dressed to go back into the wider world after working out i asked him a question which i also ask you have you ever had an experience of an otherworldly nature which you didn't dare to tell your friends because they would think you were nuts his immediate answer was, you bet. And I will bet that this is true for many of us, that we have had encounters with the other side in some way or another. And most people we know would not know how to deal with it. I even know a believer who says that when he tells other believers how he came to Yeshua faith and what he experienced, many of them are uncomfortable. Such people are more comfortable with a domesticated God, who colors between the lines of our theological constructs. I hate to disappoint you. But as C.S. Lewis wrote of Aslan, he is not a tame lion. No, he is not. So returning to our story to our parasha, here Yaakov is on a rather mundane trip on his way all the way to his parents' ancestral homeland, Padanaram, to find a wife. <clears throat> it gets dark, it gets rather cold. He lies down with a stone for a pillow and falls asleep. And then he has a vision of a staircase reaching from earth to heaven with angels ascending and descending upon it. And God suddenly appears to him standing there and he says i am adonai the god of avraham your grandfather and the god of yitzchak the land on which you are lying i will give to you and to your descendants your descendants will be as numerous as the grains of dust on the earth you will expand to the west and to the east to the north and to the south by you and your descendants all the families of the earth will be blessed. Look, I am with you. I will guard you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, because I won't leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Yaakov awoke from his sleep and said, Truly, Adonai is in this place, and I didn't know it. Then he became afraid, and he said, this place is fearsome. This has to be the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. An ordinary errand, an ordinary night, but this turns out to be so pregnant with the presence of God that Yaakov can say, truly Adonai is in this place, and I didn't know it then he became afraid, as we said. This place is fearsome. This has to be the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This extraordinary passage asks four questions for which we must give an answer if we would be prepared for encounters with God, and if we would rightly respond to his surprise. Visitation. Four questions. The first question is this Are there places and times pregnant with possibility when God is more intensely present? The answer is surely yes. Let's look at six presences of God, six different ways we speak of the encounter with his presence his presence is sensed differently uh, uh, where he is uh, well first of all there's his philosophical presence let's start with that we know that God is present everywhere there's no way nowhere where he is not so I call this his physical philosophical presence his omnipresence and uh but you don't necessarily experience anything from that it's just a postulate of reason but secondly his presence is sensed differently where he is welcomed where his people gather to praise him and to throw out the welcome mat so to speak we call this his relational presence now he was present among us before anyone showed up and before we threw out the welcome mat. But when we, his people, gather to welcome him, to honor him, often, but not always, something shifts. Third, then there is something we might term God's reciprocal presence. The Bible promises us, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. This is his reciprocal presence, where God delights to draw near to those who are repentant and obedient. Yeshua talks about this, when he says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my father, and I will love him. And we will manifest ourselves to him. That's in John 14. Or in Psalm 34, 18, we read, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is his reciprocal presence. Thirdly, or fourthly, his operational presence. Sometimes you will be in a situation where gifts of the Holy Spirit are genuinely manifest. It can be through a spiritually gifted teacher. As the teacher continues, you sense you are being addressed by God. Perhaps everyone in the room senses the same thing. There's no way to account for this except to say that God has somehow made his presence known through the expression of spiritual giftedness. We call this God's operational presence. I had to include, because it's fair and right, something which many of us don't think of, and that's God's sacramental presence. In many communions, people have a very deep sense that when they receive the Lord's table, which in some communities is called the Eucharist, for example, that there's a sense of the very presence of God that is precious. This is his sacramental presence, that he's present when we are engaged in ritual behaviors where he had promised his presence to be there. That's the sacramental presence of God. And finally, then there are times when Hashem just chooses to show up in some way. That happens in today's parasha, when Yaakov stops at a place, goes to sleep there, only to be awakened by a vision and by being addressed by God. His response is to say, truly Adonai is in this place, and I didn't know it. This is the manifest presence of God. God just comes in some way, and our response is total worship. God calls that place of encounter Beit El, the house of God and the gate of heaven places where God is experienced notably do become holy places for a community or for even us as individuals and these places where God met with us in a palpable way or meets with us in a palpable way these places which are soaked in the praise and the presence of a worshiping people should be treated with commensurate respect they're not just another room somewhere and i will say this that in the midst of daily life we too may stumble like Yaakov did across the threshold of God's house in some sense we will find ourselves passing through the gate of heaven and we didn't expect it but all of a sudden God comes and he opens he opens things up for us. In some traditions this is referred to as an open heaven. But despite this, there's a second question. Besides this, even there's a second question that we must consider. Are there times when we are asleep to the presence of God and need to be awakened? Yes. There are times when we are asleep to the presence of God. There are times when God would engage with us, but our minds are elsewhere. Rebecca Rosenthal uh, paraphrases this in a delightful Jewish story concerning two clueless guys and their failure to be attentive to a time of divine possibilities. It's a story from the from the Midrash, from the creative contemplations of our people as they think about Bible stories. It talks about a time when God was about as manifest as he might guess, and here's the story as Rebecca Rosenthal summarizes it. Here it is. Apparently, the bottom of the sea, though safe to walk on, was not completely dry, but a little muddy like a beach at low tide rouvain stepped into it and he curled his lips what is this muck shimon scowled there's mud all over the place this is just like the slime pits of egypt replied rouvain what's the difference complained shimon mud here mud there it's all the same and so it went for the two of them grumbling all the way across the bottom of the sea because they never once looked up they never understood why on the distant shore everyone was singing songs of praise for Ruvane and Shimon the miracle of the exodus through the Red Sea didn't exactly happen Elizabeth Barrett Browning says it unforgettably. Earth is crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only he who takes off his shoes uh, but only he who takes off his shoes sees it. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Only he who takes off his shoes sees it and the rest just sit around, and they think it's just a bush. So again, the answer to our second question is yes. There are times when we are asleep to the presence of God. Yes, there are. There are times when God would engage with us, but our hearts and minds are elsewhere. Years ago, Keith Green wrote a great song in which he said, jesus rose from the dead and you can't get out of bed you're asleep in the light and that's true there are times when we miss the opportunity to engage with god because we're dialed down so much this brings us to the third question inspired by the experience of our ancestor yaakov what is the interplay between what goes up and what comes down if we're attentive to the text we discover that the angels on Joseph's or rather on Yaakov's staircase are going up and coming down now we would think that the order should be reversed that the angels of God first come down and then go up what are we to make of this Rabbi Shepha Gold shed some light on our answer. Here's what she says. Jacob's journey is blessed at its outset with a dream and with a moment of awakening. In the dream, God shows Jacob the stairway that connects the realms of heaven and earth. And then he gives him a promise. He repeats the promise to his fathers. Through this blessing, we ourselves, heirs of those promises, become that stairway that connection with our feet planted in the foundation of the earth, and our crowns open to the expanse of heaven. Through us, the divine flow pours down into the earthly realms. Through us, the pleasure and miseries of earthly experience are offered up to the divine expanse. She is saying that in some sense, through our prayers offered up to heaven, the message goes up. And in response, the angels come down. We have a role to play. Something must go up from us to prepare the way for something to come down from above. we're not just recipients of the grace and mercy of God. We should be offering to God prayers and and communications to him about the conditions of our lives and of the lives of people we know, people that we're responsible for, people we should know. We should be a praying people because as we do that, the message goes up and the messengers come down there's an interaction between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. But we should not be like chopped liver. We should not be like that stone under Jacob's, Yaakov's head. We should be like Yaakov, who was aware that this is the gate of heaven. And this is the house of God. This brings us then to our fourth and final question. What are the possibilities inherent in Yeshua as the one in whom earth and heaven and the purposes of God meet? In a recent Besorah reading in John, Yeshua responded to Netanel, who says, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Yeshua answered him, you believe all this just because I told you you were under the fig tree? you will see greater things than that then he said to him yes indeed i tell you that you will see heaven opened and the angels of god going up and coming down on the son of man this is of course a direct reference to our story about yaakov but what does yeshua mean by what he says here I think the answer to that question is this. Yeshua is saying to us that he is the one in whom heaven and earth meet. He is the ladder between earth and heaven. It is as we come to him. And as we that we experience the nearness of God and his revelation to our souls. Our ancestor Yaakov, our ancestor Yaakov, was not unmindful of the significance of his encounter. He was not asleep in the light. He was not picking blackberries from the burning bush. Instead, Yaakov awoke from his sleep and he said, truly Aronai is in this place and I didn't know it. Then he became afraid and said, this place is fearsome this has to be the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. We too need to awaken to the possibilities inherent in God's revealing Yeshua to us. Just as he revealed that staircase to Yaakov. We need to realize that Yeshua is the one in whom heaven and earth meet we must pay attention to him, we must draw near to him in every way we can, that we might see where God leads us, so that we ourselves, by being linked intimately with Yeshua, might be links between Yeshua and a needy world. Father, may your word and your spirit find rest in our souls. May you cause fruitfulness to grow from these seeds. We ask in Messiah's name. Amen. All right.